first thing, could you just say your name for the recording, please? My full name is Maxine Annette Bigby Cunningham. That's B-I-G-B as in boy, Y. And where were you born? I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. And where did you grow up? I grew up in Washington, D.C., Northeast D.C. And what did your parents do? Um, my father died when I was 18 months old. So I um, grew up in a single household, parent household. Uh, and my mother was a school teacher. She taught um, elementary school and eventually became a counselor. And she was a principal during summer schools. And how many siblings do you have? Only have um, one, who's my twin sister, Pauline, and I have a half-brother. And what was your childhood like? Um, looking back, what was my childhood like? Um, it was very family-oriented. It was very, um, I don't know what you call it, tra call it traditional. You, know, you go to school, you work hard, you go to church on Sundays all day, <laughs> no <laughs> excuses. Um, the, um, we were the first um, black family in the two blocks where we lived. So I, um, when I left, I think there were maybe one or two white families on the two blocks, but I um, grew up in a, an integrated neighborhood, so I was, um, if you call that integrated. And um, my daycare center was very, was integrated. And one of my, um, most, I guess, profound memories. Of the only, I only think of two negatives in my childhood that I was growing up, generally I had a happy, family-oriented childhood. Um, one is that I didn't have a father, and there was a, what I would now call a stigma to not having a father in the household. Um, not so much negative as it was pity that I would get because I didn't have, my father wasn't living. And, um, and second was that of segregation. I was very, uh, became very conscious of, of segregation when it was time to go to kindergarten. Because for the first time I went from an integrated daycare program to a segregated um, school for kindergarten. So, were there any racial tensions while you were growing up that you that you saw? Yes, a lot. Um, particularly in in academia, the school elementary school that I attended, um, the principal did not believe that any black student could get a grade above a C. Um, and we 
remember her name, but she looks like to this day. Um, my mother, who was a school teacher and knew, um, requirements and the downtown office and all of that, um, was very strong vocal advocate on behalf of her daughters. Um, and she also learned that the teachers were threatened and instructed not to um, give black children, at that time called Negroes, um, A's and B's. As a result of some standardized tests in which um, both my sister and I um, got scores that were very high, my mother challenged the C that we got in reading, and then she took it down, we call it downtown, to the office, and um, they changed it because they could not um, validate these scores we got on standardized tests with the grades that we were getting in class. So I was very much aware of that tension. Um, and it was in and it was in the schools where where it occurred. It wasn't that much in the neighborhood mm -hmm. that I that I felt it. Um, in part because my mother was a school teacher and education was so important. Um, did a lot of reading, um, strict Baptist um, home on, you don't play cards on Sundays, you know. <laughs> I mean, things you don't do, things you just don't do on Sunday. Um, and I didn't think of it as strict. My cousin said my mother was strict, but I never, I mean, it was, you know, was what it was. So um, was your mother um, active politically or participate in any demonstrations when you were younger? Um, she did not participate in demonstrations, but she was very active in the community. She was mm -hmm. one of the founders of the Community Association, mm -hmm. and then she became president of the Community Association. Um, she, went, she took us to, um, like, we participated in the March on Washington. She didn't go in 63. She didn't go. But my twin and I both went. Um, she took us to the, oh, what do they call that? Oh. Tent City. Is that what they call it? Oh. That's, Tent City was not the name of it. Something close to Tent City. Um, and that's been all the fear occurred because Dr. King was staying in a hotel and everybody else was staying in the, in the tents on the, I cannot think of it, but something like um, Tent City name, something like that. Um, she was very active in NAACP, and so we, um, and in the, I think she was a member of the Urban League, but she was active really active in the NAACP. So that was part of the environment in which we grew up. Um, she was from the South, and there were some things that she um, would not, oh, let's see. 
Well, well she was, that's where my relative, most of the family lived, not all, but most of the family lived. And I just like, love, look forward to the summers because we could sell. And she would always say, well, this, you like it because you visit, but you wouldn't want to stay. I would never go back and live in the South. So how did you feel about your early schooling? I'm not sure what you're asking other than the fact that the principal mm -hmm. who was white and my teachers who were both um, black and white mm -hmm. um, seemed to be restricted in, in the grades that they could give give the black students, but I thought that I got a good education. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I, when you said early education, I'm thinking elementary school. Is that what you're referring to? Also middle school and high school. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. In middle school, um, I went to predominantly black mm -hmm. um, middle school. And then in high school, I went to a very um, diverse high school. It was then called Western High School. It's now the Duke Ellington School um, for the Performing Arts. And they may have changed it again, the name again. Um, that was in Georgetown. I was able to go there because the uh, there weren't enough students enrolled for the for the school, so they drew students. It was like a magnet school for special areas, and um, my special area was music. Um, I played the piano. At that time, I played well. But, um, I played the piano. I was in the choir, and so we had to, you know, apply to go to school. It was one of the best high schools in the city. Um, one of the uh, most diverse because it pulled from a um, geographic area not only as a magnet school but it was the geographic area for students of um, people and um, ambassadors. It's near the em near the embassies, so we had um, students who were from um, Africa and East Asia and Asia and. I mean, whose parents were the ambassadors to the United States. So um, we had white students, we had black students, we had people, we had people, we had students of very high income and students with very low incomes and in between. So like I said, it was very diverse high school. Um, I took two buses to get there, took an hour, sometimes plus, to get there and back. Um, I was very active in um, all levels of school, elementary, middle, and um, high school, very active in extracurricular activities, a member of, in high school, a member of the choir. Um, in, middle, in middle school, um, a member of the, at the end high school, Future Teachers of America, and the uh, science club. In fact, both my sister and I won national science awards, and they were in the field um, 
though I don't remember the term being used, but really in the field of environmental science. Um, what I did for my project was to test the water in the Potomac River at various locations and to measure the amount of radioactivity that was in the water. So did you feel prepared in high school for college? Yes. I mean, yes, I was in the honors program in high school. Um, I did not get the straight A's that I got when I was in, um, in middle school. Middle school was um, easy. Um, both my sister and I got higher grades. And in fact, um, ba based on our, if you just looked at our grades alone, we were valedictorian and salutatorian, but the school decided that they didn't think it was appropriate that both valedictorian and salutatorian mm -hmm. be from the same family. Mm -hmm. So they came up with this other criteria so that one of us was valedictorian and then another one of our classmates was salutatorian mm -hmm. and then the other came in third. I'm trying to remember because I, I think I was valedictorian. If it wasn't me, it was my <laughs> twin. But I think I was valedictorian. <laughs> valedictorian. <laughs> then they, this was third. Um, and you know, I was with my twin the whole time. Um, they had the like seven one, seven two, seven three, seven four. That's the way um, we were classified. Mm -hmm. And my mother insisted that because we were twins, that we be in the same level. Mm -hmm. And when we weren't, she went to the principal's office. People were kidding. <laughs> she was a, a very forceful woman. <laughs> <laughs> Protective of her children, they, people would say, uh-oh, here she comes. <laughs> um, so did you have any mentors in high school? In junior high, my science teacher in... Um, trying to think in high school. Yeah, another mentor in middle school was my music instructor at um, and choir director. I. No one comes to mind as a mentor um, in high school. Not as a, not among the, um, not among the faculty. If I had a mentor in high school, it was at church with my, um, among the deacons and deaconess, Sunday school teachers and member of the youth group there. So I would say if I had, the mentors that I had were from my church mm -hmm. and not from my high school. Mm 
So um, can you speak more um, to uh, your mother and like her value for education and whether she attended college or any other higher education? Mm -hmm. Um, my mother held education in really high regard. Um, of eight children, she was, I believe, well, she was one of the few, if not the only one, who finished high school. Um, I believe she was, well, I think she was the only one who finished high school. She was the only one of the eight who finished college, and she um, had a master's degree plus 30 um, what's it? Points above um, yeah, she had a master's degree, yeah, a master's degree plus thirty hours above the master's requirement. How did you find out about Goucher, and why did you choose Goucher? Um, in applying for schools, the I looked at a number of things, and I applied to Goucher because the um, college uh, counselor rec strongly recommended that um, my sister and I apply to Goucher College. Um, at that time, um, Goucher had few black students and they were aggressively um, seeking um, black students. And the year was 1966. Nope. 19, yeah, that's right, 1966. No, that is not right. 19, was it 1963 I graduated from high school. Okay. Okay, graduated from Goucher in 19, no, must be 1966, because I graduated from Goucher in 1970, so started here in 1966. So they were recruiting for black students. The, um, I had planned to major in, guess what, education, and be a teacher, <laughs> <laughs> like my mom. And the, um, I had applied to Wayne State in Michigan, um, Denver. One of the main reasons I applied in Denver is that I was far away and I wanted to get away from home. <laughs> and at George Washington University. Um, the only place that gave a large enough scholarship was Goucher. And um, my mother basically said she couldn't afford it. So um, George Washington University was at home. I would probably be staying at home. Who wanted to stay at home in college? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get away, so live on campus. Um, so it was Goucher. And Goucher had a good education program. I had no idea, no idea how few black students were mm -hmm. at Goucher. When we came on uh, to look at Goucher, it must have been about 
two weeks before we had to make a decision. Uh, it was a rainy day. Um, I saw very few black students, which um, was not strange to me because I knew it was a predominantly white student body. It was raining on a Saturday and there weren't many people out, couldn't go to sitting on a class, for example, mm -hmm. and I just figured I saw a few. So when, <clears throat> on the first day, um, when I came to Goucher, oh, and so Goucher was proximity and they had a good education mm -hmm. program. Um, and I was told it was a good school. The fact that it was a women's college as opposed to girls' school, the fact that it was a women's college <laughs> Um, was was not an important factor mm -hmm. to me. Um, the campus was absolutely gorgeous. We did not have as many buildings. Now this seems built up. I remember <laughs> they were doing the Amphenaeum, and I said, uh, I said to Sandy, you know, who was president, um, Sandy's last name, Unger. Unger. I said to, to him. With all this building, what's happening to our green space? Yeah. One of the things I loved about Goucher, I still do, is the green space. Mm -hmm. And we had Donnybrook Park, I don't know if we still have that. We don't. Oh. <laughs> you know, so the, um, the beauty of the campus mm -hmm. was a plus. When the first day we came here and we were registering and looking around for other black folk, <laughs> it was, it was like, uh, what? Then we saw Unita Brewer. I don't know if you're interviewing Unita, but she, uh, we looked up, we saw each other, and we ran towards each other and gave each other, like my sister, me, and Unita, and we gave each other big hugs because here was another black person, mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's still a good friend. She was in my wedding, and I. You know, she's still a very close friend. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of funny, we, it, but we all remember that clearly. It's got to be more than us. <laughs> so was she a, a year before you? No, nope. same, same class. Same class? Yeah. So would you still apply to Goucher if um, you knew that there weren't um, as many black students coming in? Um, I think so. So, can you describe how you were feeling the first day you moved um, to campus? There were two what comes to mind as real challenges. Um, one is that there were so few, and the second is that. Um, the college said that in, on, in the first year, they wanted my sister and myself to live in different, did not want us to share a room. We were both in Simpson. Um, she was in Wagner, and I remember her room. What was I in? Where were the other houses? Um, well, why can't I remember where she was? And I was in a different house. Mm 
So that was difficult because we had always shared a bedroom. Mm -hmm. uh, when we were first born, we shared a bed, you know. So that, that was an adjustment, though I saw her a lot, and we ended up, um, she majored in education, so she stayed faithful. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, ended, I had a double, well, I had not a double major, but I had a combined major of political science and sociology, because at that time we did not have the multitude of offerings that are now available. I would have majored in something like public policy. Um, but we could combine the majors, and I, I didn't have a double major <clears throat> because I did not carry those extra credits to have a double major. But it was political science dash sociology. I majored. So who was your roommate? Uh, her name was Susan Miller. When we can, I don't know who originated the idea, but someone came up with the idea that we write, me and Susan, Pauline and Stephanie, who was her roommate, that um, we would write a book or write an article about the experience of having someone from a different race mm -hmm. as a roommate. Mm -hmm. The uh, Susan was from Upper New York. I don't remember exactly where. But she was from Upper New York State. And one of the things she said when we were going through this, we met with Dean Nicholas Nicholson. Nicholas, I think it was, um, and talked about it. And she really liked, you know, thought it was an interesting idea, the four mm -hmm. of us met with her. And like I said, I don't remember who originated the idea. But during the process of the, when we were talking, um, Susan said that the only thing she didn't like is that she felt that the college should have asked first if instead of just placing um, black students with white students, you know, she said, should have asked us first. Mm -hmm. And I was really taken aback. And I thought, why? Because you know, they had a, a, um, a book of incoming students. And so after we, um, we knew before we came, who our roommates were because mm -hmm. they taught us who our roommates were and the papers and then, you know, they had the book. So you go, you know, looking through the book, mm -hmm. you see who's, uh, yeah, Susan Shapiro was the name. <clears throat> Interesting, uh, yeah, Susan Shapiro and then she married Miller. So Susan Shapiro Miller. She, um, I got to learn more about the um, Jewish faith and traditions, because she was Jewish, so I just, that was interesting um, for me, but I was so taken aback by that statement, and what to me were the implications that 
they had to approve mm -hmm. or be okay with mm -hmm. that it was so significant mm -hmm. that it, well, I came to, across to me as being negative. Mm -hmm. So um, we never wrote the article. Mm -hmm. And was there like a specific reason why you didn't or was it just the lack of interest? Or? Um, it left a very sour taste in my mouth, mm -hmm. so I no, I no longer wanted to do it. And, you know, we were roommates for a year. Right. And, I mean, after that, things just kind of turned. It was, like, difficult, um, strained relationship. So how did you find living in the dorm? Um, and were you the only black person in your house? Yes, I was the only black person in the house. And were there any like racial tensions in your living environment that you remember? Um, there were, when I felt tension, it was usually regarding um, the difference in economic status. There were things that folks took for granted. I mean, I, for instance, I heard someone say, Oh, everyone takes piano and dance. I'm like, I'm not every. I'm not part of everyone. Mm -hmm. I took piano. I didn't take dance. What you mean? Well, everyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? right. um, and this, this is a conversation that I overheard. Um, there were the racial tensions um, grew out of the uh, assassination of Dr. King. And that's really, really, really very tense here, as it was, I'm sure, in, in, on many campuses. Because yeah. I was with, I was in Fisher, visit, visiting um, uh, Rita Ford. Let's read this list. Yeah, she's still Rita Ford, and. Um, we were visiting one of her friends and the announcement came on the radio that Dr. King had been assassinated. And I left, I immediately left and ran across campus because by that time I was living in Frolica. Mm -hmm. So I, I immediately left, ran across campus to um, Simpson, to my daughter, to my daughter, to my sister. And when I got there, there were some of her friends who were white who mm -hmm. were comforting her. Mm -hmm. I looked at them and I said, get out of here. Mm -hmm. And they were, they were trying to be very comforting to me, reaching out. I said, get out of here. I don't want to see you. Just get out. Mm -hmm. So I was very angry. I was probably among the more angry of the black students, at least in terms of expression of anger. Mm -hmm. um, which I now recognize in part was hopelessness, feelings of mm -hmm. hopelessness. How could this be? Mm -hmm. yeah. So then, at that point, there were racial tensions. The, um, otherwise, did I feel, yeah, I did feel, sometimes feel, um, um, I don't know if I would call it tension, but 
race, racism, discrimination, um, a lot in the classroom when we had discussions. I, I remember I was sitting in the sociology, sociology class and the teacher was talking about a riots more or that occurred between a predominantly black and a predominantly white high school um, the year before. And I attended um, this football teams. I attended that game. Mm -hmm. And what she said, some of the things she said weren't true. And I raised my hand and I said, I was there and that's not what happened. And so I went on to tell what happened. So there were instances like that, and some of the instructors told me that sometimes they did call on me because they wanted my perspective. Mm -hmm. One of the most challenging by far um, assignments that I had was a paper by Dr. Jerome Cooperman. Um, mm -hmm about in his 30s, Jewish, and he was the first faculty advisor to the Black Students Association. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the and political science instructor, uh, faculty member, and one of the uh, assignments was to have a, um, write a paper having a conversation between Aristotle, Socrates, or uh, who was the third person? Anyway, one of the philosophers with uh, a contemporary person. Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation, I wrote a conversation about black power between uh, Malcolm X and Socrates. Mm -hmm. One of the most difficult papers, one of the papers I was most um, proud of. Mm -hmm. And it required a lot of not only understanding of the viewpoints of both, but also may, making me think about what I thought, formulating thoughts actually, actually in many respects, mm -hmm. about black power. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing that I really got from Goucher College. Being a, um, we had to do um, defend, defending of, of court cases. Mm -hmm. This again was in one of Dr. Cooperman's classes. And he had me to do the position of defending, I am um, oh, really tired today because I cannot remember the words. Um, in in how in housing where you had a restriction against selling to to blacks mm -hmm. um, so I had to defend that the that kind of thinking and critical thinking was such a plus and so invigorating, and part of what I love about Goucher. Um, there were some things 
but we haven't even talked about the social aspects, but the other than roommates. Um, my favorite teacher was the philosophy teacher, Dr. Eva Gossman. And Dr. Gossman was in um, was part of the Holocaust, and she was um, in the camps. She said to me, I said to her, maybe I don't, I'm hearing things in the conversations that people have that aren't, um, I'm hearing things that aren't there. And she said, you're probably hearing everything that there is. And so that made me feel better. And it also made me reflect on, yes, that's probably true. People, um, particularly whites, say things that they don't, well, I call them ignorant, but <laughs> they didn't know were hurting and that were just ignorant. This stuff they didn't know. Um, and I remember one of the students, I don't, I'm not sure which one of the students um, said that black students said that they, um, a younger child was on campus with the family and said, where's the tails? Is that, you said that um, black people had tails, where's the tails? You know, like we were monkeys with tails. So, not by a Gaucho student, but by a family member of a Gaucho student, mm -hmm. you know, so sometimes ran into that. The um, black staff, um, like the persons who um, were in household housekeeping and those who worked at, um, in the dining halls, those who um, worked in the um, like the canteens on campus were very protective of the black students and they looked out for us. That's something else I want to, I don't know where that fits into what you have, but they were um, part of our Gaucho community and Gaucho family. Um, we felt it most probably after Martin Luther King's assassination, but throughout they were, you know, they looked after us. So, um, can you talk a little more about some of the professors that you connected with, um, other than the two that you mentioned? Dr. What was his name? The Phil Politics Center is named after him. Begins with a C. Do you know the, the full name of the Phil Politics Center? Uh, he was the head of the political science department. His name begins with a C. Um, I. I worked the whole time I was a student at Gaucho. Um, 
combination of working and uh, paying tuition and getting a scholarship and getting a loan. I guess the same, it's probably the same these days, <laughs> you know, do everything you can. Uh, and the, um, on the tip of my tongue, he was a, the chair of the um, political science department and the director of the field politics center. As um, political science majors, we were required to do an internship our senior year. Um, I worked my um, on-campus job, and I had many, they varied, but one of my on-campus jobs my senior year was an assistant in his office. So I, he was very active in the Republican Party in, in Baltimore. I learned, I don't know if it was through him, but there was a, an internship program um, in Washington. And I remember we had, we had to apply for it and it was very competitive. I had told a friend of mine, I got you about it, she had been called for an interview. I had not. So I told Dr. Well, let's call him Dr. C. It's C. It's a hard C. But he um, and he told me to call them back and see, and that if I did not get a job there, that he would get me a job working for former Baltimore County executive who became vice president who was forced out of office because of something he had done. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was very uh, instrumental in helping me with uh, and encouraging me with internships and the assignments he would give me and I always felt that he supported me. Mm -hmm. um, and he was so active locally um, in, in politics. Wish I could remember his name. I keep, it's not Conway. But you know, you felt that when taking a class, I felt when taking a class from him that he brought so much of the real world into the class classes from his examples that that he would give and the internships that he would help us to develop. And my internship, um, both that summer that I was able to get in, that people told me that I would not get because I was among the last people, and I. And um, I don't know if he talked, I think he called over there and they made such a fuss that they saw me because they said they weren't taking any, mm -hmm. doing any more interviews. Mm -hmm. So, so him, I remember him, he made a big impact. Dr. Eva Gosman 
Dr. Cooperman, Jerry Cooperman. Oh, how can I forget Miss Gibbons? <laughs> yeah. Um, Miss Gibbons, Dr. Gibbons, or Marianne, as she preferred us to call her. Still does, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, believe very uh, much in the I was going to say the practice or the practical um, experience in working um, in political science, and she took us to um, conferences of the um, public administration society. I think is what it was called. I used to be active in it and was on the board at one time, but. Um, <clears throat> um, that was before I had children and other responsibilities. <laughs> um, so were there any professors you avoided? No, there were subjects I avoided and, and by <laughs> science, math. Mm-hmm. And so only to the extent that they were tied to the, to yeah. the subjects. <laughs> But no, there were none that I avoided. So um, what did you do to spend the majority of your free time at Goucher? Um, I was a member of the Black Student Association. Um, what other organizations? I was a member, and I went they don't have it, the organization anymore. I think it was called Inter, it was, mm. Interact. Interfaith, Interfaith or something like that. Interact, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. yes. I worked with that and. Which is a faith-based. It's faith-based, yeah. Um, I had a, I was, I worked with the uh, tutoring program, which was basically um, students from, from public housing in Baltimore City, uh, Baltimore Tutorial Project. Yeah, I worked in that for my, I guess my freshman, sophomore, and part of my junior year. Um, I worked on campus, I worked off campus, um, one of the things that, I don't know why this just occurred to me, we, uh, I went to the head company over at Towson Plaza mm-hmm. Mall. And I think someone someone with me, I don't remember who, and we waited and we waited and we waited to be served. Someone, you know, behind the counter. Mm-hmm. Never did. Mm-hmm. Found out later that they recruited Goucher students and that if you went to Goucher, you got paid more money than if you did not go to Goucher. This was like if you were like Christmas time or on mm-hmm. the weekend, something like that. Um, 
again, racism raises its ugly head. Um, I participated in demonstrations, walking down York Road when, um, who was that? I was in the, during the Vietnam War, um, and we were invading, we had invaded one of the islands. So, you know, participated in teachings. I said, do work with Black Students Association. That was a lot of different things. I was on, um, something, I would participate on panels. I was, I did a lot. Um, outside of just going to classes. I never did just that growing up, and I did it in at Goucher, I did it in undergrad, in graduate school. Um, one of the things that Goucher really um, promoted and nurtured, and I did not realize it until I went to graduate school, I'll say two things. One is writing. No matter what your major was, had to learn to write and had to write well. Dr. Cooperman and, Doc, and Dr. Gosman were probably um, more instrumental than my English teachers on good writing. Secondly, the um, participation. I cannot think of a class where all we did was to listen to a lecture. There was always interaction um, with, with the students. And there were challenging questions that were posed by both the students and, and the faculty. And that has served me well in graduate school and in, um, and in my career because it was what I was used to. I used to, and it was, and it was nurtured. Um, and so when I went into an environment where there were um, a co-ed environment mm -hmm. and women didn't raise their hands to participate, mm -hmm. I thought that was weird, really <laughs> weird. And to be me and the, and, the, and the men in the class, mm -hmm. I'm like, what is it? But then I, you know, I just shoved it off because th at this point, this was me. So um, before we get into like more of like the political aspect of what was happening at Goucher, can you speak more to um, the social atmosphere um, at Goucher in four years? I met my husband at Goucher, so social life wasn't at all bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things that we did um, at, among black students was to asked the college to invite schools that had more black uh, men. The, um, so in addition to inviting Johns Hopkins and Annapolis to our pups, pups prance held every fall. I'm sure they don't do that anymore. <laughs> no need. Um, they invited 
Morgan and one of the students, Janice Williams, except Williams is not her last name anymore. But anyway, um, she was a city student and and so and she had friends at Morgan, so they they invited some um, schools that had black men. One of the social issues at the time, I don't know if it was social realities, at the time was that many of the black men prefer to date white women. And I think it was, in fact I know, in part it was curiosity factor. So having black men helped but there was no guarantee that you would meet or connect with um, black men if that's what you wanted to do. Um, yeah. I don't know if that answered the question. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Um, so can you um, talk about the origin of the Black Student Association? Mm -hmm. The Black Student Association grew out of the um, assassination of Dr. King. Um, we decided, I, I don't even know who started the conversation. But we decided we wanted to have an association where we could have more of a voice on campus and where we could have more of a, um, a place of self-nurturing and, and healing. So it was both with respect to um, the association, with respect to having more of a voice on campus and having not just healing, but something that was like, for us that we could be really comfortable about it and share and, you know, just say any, something we had in common, which in this instance was our race and mm -hmm. the whole history of um, racism, discrimination, and um, how do you survive as blacks on predominantly white campus in the 1960s? So we brought in speakers and got had Dr. Uh, was it, uh, um, Dr. Brown come in from Howard University to teach uh, African American history. Before she taught at Dr. I think his name was Cruz or something like that from Morgan State University used to come over and and teach the course. And we said, no, we want a black person. Mm -hmm. And so Dr. Brown, who was a friend of, um, let's see, names today. Well, I guess that was a while ago. Um, Dorsey, Dr. Dorsey and Dr. Brown were friends. So she encouraged Dr. Brown to come. Mm -hmm. And it so happened that Dr. Brown's daughter was a student mm -hmm. at Goucher. Um, we had, in my class, there were initially four, four of us, and then two students 
in their junior year transferred. So that meant there were six in my class. So were you in the leadership in Black Student Association? Or? Yes, I'm trying to think what I was. I don't remember what office I started, but uh, yes, I was an officer. Um, I was a member of the, I represented the Black Student Association on the um, It wasn't called student council, but the student body, um, council body. And um, we were, whatever we had to do to be recognized by the college as, mm -hmm. as an organization. So you were Which meant in part that we were, you know, the, the organization had to be open to mm -hmm. all students. But it so happened when we started that only black members joined. Mm -hmm. um, and initially, you know, it was not only a time, it was a time for venting, place for venting, healing, having a voice, sharing information. We did things like um, have a welcoming tea for incoming students of color. Um, we wrote articles in the paper, for, for the paper. Um, we brought in another, um, Dr. John Franklin, I think his first name is John, um, who came in and spoke, and one of the students ended up marrying his son. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it further engaged us in some, you know, lifelong friendships. Um, and Oh, the demands. And Yvonne and I talked about them, but I cannot remember all of the demands that we had. Mm -hmm. um, I, very few of them that I can remember. Um, except other than having a black person teach African American history, getting more black faculty. Um, other things that we did it. Oh, when Dr. when Dr. King was assassinated, um, we led the memorial service mm -hmm. that we had in the chapel. I think I was the most angry person. And read from the scripture that said, Vengeance is God. <laughs> Yeah, my, my sister was the president the second year, I think. First year was, oh, you probably have her name, because I stay in contact with her as well. I can't call her name at the moment. She was a, our first president. I didn't get much sleep, but my granddaughter slept with me, and every time I moved, she moved. Was she Peggy Brooks? Peggy, yes. Yeah. yeah. 
I think Bertram, Bertram is now her last name. Every black student in my class um, been on for further education. Every one of us got a master's degree and two got doctorates, uh, my sister and Peggy. But every, all of us got a master's degree. So can you speak to um, white students' responses to the Black Student Association forming? Um, many did not, um, I think the word is trusted, mm -hmm. and did not think that it was and wondered why it was necessary. Um, I don't know if they thought we were plotting. We were actually planning. <laughs> so, um, do you remember whose idea was it to present the list of demands to administration? Mm -mm. Um, do you remember whether administration was supportive of the list of demands and what their response was? My vague memory is that they were uh, agreeable to considering but did not endorse everything that we had. Now that's just my vague memory. I remember once we had a uh, demonstration against Dr. Dorsey in the college center. Now I wish I remember what the issue was. <laughs> <laughs> but we marched around chanting signs around the uh, the college center. Mm -hmm. So do you remember any other sort of like demonstrations that happened um, through the Black Student Association on Goucher's campus? No. Um... We did participate in the collection of food and money from residents um, in this, in the Towson community that we were then providing to persons who had been affected by the riots in Baltimore City. After the Some folks, after the session, yeah. And I, I got off campus. It was very difficult to be on campus, mm. for me anyway, um, because I didn't want to see white people. <laughs> you know, it was just ah, basically it. So where did you go? I went home. I was just in D.C. I asked my mother to come, come get me. And we were just home for maybe about three or four days. And well, I was just so devastated. I just emotionally. Mm -hmm. 
I needed to get off campus. Now, I had, what do they call it, college parents, you know, when mm -hmm. they had, and um, they were white, and I still keep in contact with them. And they weren't that much older than I, <laughs> I was, so, you know, that wasn't, it was just that at, during that time, and particularly right uh, at that time, I was just so emotionally distraught. Mm -hmm. So can you speak more to um, community schools that were um, happening at Goucher? I don't know what you're referring to. Um, so in one of the articles that Colleen Bakey mm -hmm. wrote in the quarterly, she talks about um, a informal group calling itself the Community School of Goucher. Um, and it was a conversation that like black students who are part of the Black Student Association mm -hmm. came together with other faculty um, and other students around Baltimore to like educate each other. I should know more than you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't no, remember. It's totally fine. Um, well, Pauline was always teaching and starting. Yeah. Um, and what year did you graduate? Uh, 1970. Okay. And you said there were six black students in your graduating class? I think that's right. You see, Pauline, me, Benita, Joanna, Peggy, and Lucy, yes. And do you know whether that was like the largest um, group of black students to graduate from Goucher or? I don't know. It had to be among the largest mm -hmm. to date. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure it was among the largest. I don't know what's the, mm -hmm. if, it were, if it was the largest up until that time. Mm -hmm. But if it wasn't, it was close, <laughs> yes. So, do you feel that Goucher changed any, um, by the time you graduated? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there, they had brought on uh, more black faculty, part-time doctor, was it Charles Tolton? You know, he, he taught, um, chemistry. So they brought him on maybe for one year, but there was a real um, effort that was made to have get more black faculty. Um, oh, the Black, black Student Association participated in recruitment. We went with um, persons from the admissions office to high schools. Um, Pauling and Altonese, um Altonese Rucker, what is her name now? Smith, I think. Name sound familiar? She was on the board. I think she. I don't oh, know. Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah. Kennedy, yeah. Um, she and Pauline went on a recruiting trip, and I can't tell you where it was, but it was about for a week. Mm -hmm. 
that um, they went on a trip together to um, different high schools um, as part of the recruitment effort. Um, so yeah, they, they had changed and we, like I said, we would go to some of the local places as well. Um, it was not, I think it got to the point where black folks weren't becoming an oddity. You know, it's mm -hmm. more, uh, and that's natural. I think the, the more students you have, mm -hmm. the less it becomes odd, and the more frequently you have the um, uh, sharing of, of views and cultures and not a melting pot, but a diverse mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't optimal mm -hmm. when I left, but it was certainly better than when I came. Do you have any special memories of Goucher that you'd like to share? Um, I got to participate on a panel that I remember I really, really liked. Uh, what was the topic? I don't know. But they often, um, an involvement with different, some of the committees that the um, college had. I know Pauline was on <laughs> one, one committee for disadvantaged students. Mm -hmm. And I remember to this day she was saying disadvantage is not, should not be a synonym for black students mm -hmm. because if you mean by that economically disadvantaged, there are a lot of white students mm -hmm. who um, also came, had less money. Oh, the other thing the Black Student Association did was to do more um, chaperoning of black students who came mm -hmm. um, and took them on camp, or mm -hmm. took them around on campus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's <clears throat> something else we did that was, I don't know if we came up with that or if the college asked us, mm -hmm. that's something that they asked us to be more involved in. Um, but, but being able to participate in that panel, and also graduation. When I graduated, I was the only black student at that graduation um, who, uh, who graduated with honors. And when I walked across the stage, every black student in my class stood up, and I felt really good. And I meant to ask this earlier. Um, did you feel like there was um, a divide amongst the black students based on um, how you were raised, where you were raised, economic background, anything like that? Um, it was those who had a, uh, came from a higher income than uh, relatively speaking. Um, I knew who they were, I mean, because even like within the black community, there are distinctions and 
differences in experience and like one um what is Julian's first name her um I forget her uncle is real renowned because of some medical discovery he had and her father was on the city council and and people knew political people and all that so there was an awareness mm -hmm. but I did not really feel a divide mm -hmm. among us the only one that I and this was so ironic was there was one student from Haiti mm -hmm. who was oh what did he she was black and French um, I forget the name they used and she did not join the Black Students Association. But what's interesting is that later, it turned, she turned out to be, she became a good friend of my sister and my, because my sister's husband was her husband's supervisor. And it was, and then, you know, it was, she was, well, but she didn't call herself black. Mm -hmm. I forget what name she used, but she, mm -hmm. we called her black, but she didn't call herself black. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only person to whom we extended an invitation who did not participate in the Black Students Association. Mm -hmm. So membership was through invitation? Um, it was, you could come to us and join, mm -hmm. but we sent out letters mm -hmm. and in the listing of the college mm -hmm. um, organizations that you can join, you know, it was there, mm -hmm. listed and described. Mm -hmm. So being black was not a requirement, mm -hmm. but that's what actually happened, in fact happened. When it was when it was started, okay. yeah, I used to do some work on on campus, mm -hmm. um, so I know that whites did join. They may still be members, mm -hmm. and they went from Black Student Association to Emoja. Mm -hmm. Is it still Emoja? Yeah, it is. Um, it's also called the Black Student uh, Union. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, how do you see? Goucher today? Uh, I love Goucher and I have been involved with Goucher in a number of ways. I was on the Board of Trustees for nine years. I was on the, um, what do you call that? Uh, um, Alumni Association Board for about four years, I think. Um, I would come back and work with the um, Black Student Association and Emoja. I gave, I spoke at the, one of the Martin Luther King um, memorial dinners mm -hmm. here. Um, there was a group of folks who, um, We would come out and we would bring snacks during exam week mm -hmm. so that 
where you have food to eat while you're studying and things like that. Um, um, I've always remained active. I, I was a you call it, solicitor for alumni donors, and I've all, except for the first year when I was in graduate school and surely stone broke. <laughs> I, um, I've always given as an alumni and for probably at least 15 years wrote letters. So, um, well, I, and I thought about, you know, why do I love the college so much? I don't know, have I really thought about it? And I've gotten, you know, recognitions and, and all of that. Um, I think since I've left, I've met the college presidents for one reason, one occasion or another. Um, I think Goucher t taught me to think on my feet. Um, had a high demand for communication skills, did, had an expectation that um, for rigor in, in the studying, in the coursework. Um, there was some support if you look for it. Um, they were not always as responsive mm -hmm. to our demands, but they listened and gave the impression, mm -hmm. at least, that they were considering. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't think that we gave it and they went from someone's hands to the circular file, as they say. <laughs> but, um, I would still recommend it, but I, I really love it. Love the college. And I don't know if I can say more than that. I'm still very close to many of the um, black students, but also to a couple of white students who were here when I was here. Um, I think the fact that I live in Baltimore and I um, come back to campus, not as much now as I used to, but I come back to campus, has solidified my relationship you know, more than um, it otherwise may, may have been. Um, one of the things I'm really proud of is I um, developed the African American Alumni Directory. Are you familiar with that? Oh, <laughs> it was in the um, alumni office, and I can't remember the, who was the name of the director at the time, but we sent out, based on the records that the campus had, we did like a, um, 
a form and mm -hmm. ask people to provide us this information. Mm -hmm. I still have my copy. Um, if they were, if, and, and ask them to be part of the directory. So I felt really good about that. That was, when was that? Goodness. Early, early 2000s, I think, when I did that. Oh, no, wait a minute, no. It was in the late, it was early 2000, late 1990s. And I'm going to give you a great example of, um, at least I think it's a great example, <laughs> of um, how it helped me personally. And I think the college also used it. It would be wonderful if it was um, updated. Mm -hmm. My daughter was going to Atlanta to live, and she didn't know anyone in Atlanta. She's a performing artist. Mm -hmm. And in the directory, I looked in the directory, I said, I want her to have somebody she could call, mm -hmm. some older adult. <laughs> and um, I looked up the name of Faye, uh, Faye Yvette, what's Faye's last name? Why can't I call her last name? Anyway, McQueen. And she was honored at the last um, Robinson mm -hmm. um, dinner mm -hmm. that, we, that we had. And I called her, told her my daughter was coming, and she didn't know anyone there because she looked after her. And she did. And she didn't know me from a bump on the log, mm -hmm. but just because we had that connection from Goucher, and then we have developed a, um, a, friend, a friendship mm -hmm. since then. But she really did look after my daughter. Yeah. yeah. So... So, is there anything else you'd like to discuss at this point? Mm, as an aside, mm -hmm. Pauline wanted to to participate, mm -hmm. but she really isn't is not well enough to participate. So, her regrets on that because she wanted to. Mm -hmm. And let me see anything else. Looking forward to my fiftieth and a reunion. Mm -hmm. If I just long, not too far <laughs> off. I'm still going to look for that scrapbook. Can't imagine. Well, I, I have a lot of these scrapbooks. I'm a scrapbook person. I have a <laughs> lot. <laughs> no, I, not that I can think of. Um, proud to be a Gallagher graduate. I think I contributed as well as as got from uh, been a recipient. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome.